to the Dads Off Duty podcast. I am your co-host, Seth Michaels, joined this evening. Jason, I'm Jason. Did I do it early enough? (laughs) It was perfect. Um, Do you want a chance to redeem yourself from last week's embarrassment with the dad joke? Oh, man, that's a yeah, I, I need to do it. I think I need to. Um. Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Shit. Okay, here I will tell my dad joke, and then I'll give you a moment oh, to think yeah. about it. Okay. Jason, have you ever smelled mothballs? No. Well, if you did, how would you get the little legs apart? Oh. <laughs> Swampy. All right, I got one. Another another one, you know, that is a real big hit with my kids. So take it for what what it's worth. What's a cow's favorite thing to do? What? Go to the movies. Oh, that's a good one. Anything with like barnyard animal jokes, like it's it's a home run for me. Batter or fart jokes is always, always a hit. Anything that's got fart or poop in the punchline. Guaranteed laugh. Absolutely. And if somebody farts at the same time, even better. Uh, on that note, uh, before we get rolling here, I want to ask, because um, my wife and I have been having a conversation about this. Have you heard of Hello Tushy? You heard of this? No. You don't know what this is? Hello Tushy. So um, typically... Wait, I'm going on the Google machine. You can go on the Google machine. While you do that, I'm going to explain it. For many, many years, what we've done as a society after we've gone number two is we take out our toilet paper and we wipe our butt. But unless you're super duper rich, um, that's really the only option you have. Until now. Hello Tushy is something that you attach to your toilet. It doesn't require any power or extra plumbing. And it's basically a bidet. It squirts water at your butthole to clean it. Um, so my wife and I were talking about this. I'm interested in getting it. I'm, I'm curious. I, it sounds like an interesting idea. I would like my butthole to be cleaner. And you frankly, know, I'm sick of wiping so much. You know, it's a lot better for the environment. It's a lot better for, well, it's, you're a lot cleaner down there if you do that. And you don't run the risk of using so-called flushable wipes. Oh, yeah. Do not use flushable wipes. And if you do currently use flushable wipes and you put them down your toilet and into the drain, please do yourself a favor and research something called a fatberg. That's all I'm going to say about it. You can like thank me later or you can hate me later. But if you use flushable wipes, go research what a fatberg is and then think about your life choices. Yeah, so... Oh, go ahead. No. I was going to say, much like we're going to think about our life choices tonight as we talk about dad guilt. Um, and story. thanks. You almost ruined it, but thank you. Um, so we're going to talk about dad guilt. And conversely, we are also going to talk about mom guilt or even, you know, wife guilt and kind of what that means in our relationships. And the first question, and this was all brought up, by the way, uh, I was talking with my wife. And she's like, do dads get guilt, like dad guilt, like moms get mom guilt. And then I asked, I was like, well, what exactly is 
mom guilt. Now you talked to your wife about this. What was her response to the, what is mom guilt? Or like, do you experience mom guilt? Yeah, I did talk to my wife about this and I I think um, she definitely gets mom guilt. We've talked about it in the past and she, you know, there's certain things that she does um, throughout the day. And sometimes she'll reflect at night and she'll be like, man, I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that because of a lot of times she'll do or say something that has a really bad reaction to my kids. Like they'll, they'll, they'll hide, they'll cry, they'll, they'll do, they'll just get really sad or upset or mad. And my wife is like constantly running it through her head that night saying, did I do the right thing? Was that, was that right? Did I screw that up? I mean, we're all parents here. We're all flying by the seat of our pants, right? We're learning as we go. There's no handbook. Um, so I think that's like the main thing that uh, gives her mom guilt, I feel like. What about you? Yeah. Um, now, my wife uh, has anxiety. Uh, so her mom guilt is almost, she's questioning everything she's doing all the time. So when it comes to children, especially our children, it, it's it's amplified even more, um, even to the point of uh, if she is like looking something up on her phone and the kids ask her a question and she doesn't get to it right away or doesn't hear right away. She's like, Oh man, I'm, I'm a terrible mom. You know, like I should just be paying attention fully to the kids all the time. And I mean, that's just a a small example. It, It could be as simple as she doesn't, you know, feel like making dinner, you know, at night or something like that, or she doesn't know what to make dinner at night, you know, because or she's afraid we're just our kids are only eating the same thing over and over and over again like oh is that my fault as a parent you know uh, all of those all of those things kind of really go into it you bedtime duties you know can we be doing things differently it's just it, it's a it's a rabbit hole that i think can be somewhat difficult to get out of and i I, I would echo everything you said. Um, I think my wife feels a lot of that as well. And I don't know if it's just me or just me and you, but I don't think men in general um, go over in their mind that much like women do. And what I mean is like, at the end of the day, um, you know, whatever happened, happened. I mean, obviously, I'm, I want to learn from my mistakes. But at the same time, I'm not going to lose sleep. I'm not going to sit with my head, lay with my head on the pillow and think like, man, what did I do today? I screwed this up. I screwed that. I, I don't do that as probably as much as my wife does. Yeah, I think one of the things that helps me and something that I reiterate to uh, my wife pretty frequently is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I say, are our kids healthy? Are they safe? Are they happy? Um, we'll always... You know, no parent is perfect, uh, but and will always make mistakes. But that doesn't ruin the entire experience uh, for either ourselves or for our kids. Yeah, we're gonna lose our temper sometime, or yeah, we're gonna say the wrong thing. But in the end, our children are safe, happy. You know, they're in a in as good and as loving environment as possible. Um, so I think those are the things that I just like immediately echo to myself if there's ever a problem like no matter what i'll be able to get through it because there's a solution like there's always a solution i can use distraction methods like there's to me there's always something else i could be doing to fix whatever the problem is as opposed to dwelling on it in the past 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and something that my wife's parents always did and told down to her, and she does that now with me, is the mantra of never going to bed angry. And as a couple, my wife and I really try to do that. Um, at the end of the night, if we've been fighting or we had an argument, we really try to hash it out before we go to bed because you don't want to go to bed angry at your spouse. Or, or and this also applies to your kids, I think, too. Um, because you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring or if there is a tomorrow. I mean, not to get super dark, but honestly, um, you just never know. So why hold on to that anger and, and guilt and, and take it to the next day? Because the next day is exactly that. It's a new day, a clean start, fresh start. So um, I think like for me, um, sometimes bedtime can get to be real um, high intensity. Um, I get real short towards bedtime. It's the end of the day. I've been with my kids all day and it's like they don't want to go to bed. It can be really frustrating. So I have to always remember to calm myself down and be like, okay, I'm not going to argue or yell or raise my voice at bedtime because that just makes them, uh, uh, that just elevates their stress level too. So it's just like a never ending. Um, I get stressed, you get stressed, blah, 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 up and up and up. So uh, yeah, just yeah. don't go to bed angry. Yeah, don't go to bed angry. That's huge. Um, I think my wife and I and our, our, our older one, our four-year-old have kind of had an epiphany lately where he was struggling with some bad dreams for a while. Um, and he, we were trying to figure out like what was causing it, you know, what's going on. And we kind of came to the conclusion that sometimes he's going to bed stressed. Part of the problem is, is just like your kids, you know, you, you don't want to listen. They have to brush their teeth. You know, he still wants stories and, you know, um, to be tucked in all of these different things this, the whole process of going to bed and he's not listening. Maybe he's playing with his toys or, or whatever the case is. And so you just get more frustrated. One of the things that we've implemented recently is, well, maybe if he just had extra time before bed to do those extra things, he wouldn't feel the need to do them as we were trying to, you know, get him ready and put him to bed. So instead of trying to fight him on it, what we're doing is like, yeah, we can, you know, play in your room and, you know, take a little bit of extra time getting dressed and give you time to goof off or whatever. And just, he's generally happier that way. And believe it or not, it's really impacted his dreaming. Like he, he doesn't have as many negative dreams anymore because I don't think he's going to bed as stressed and, it's been a really useful tool for us, just kind of allowing him to, you know what? Yeah, I get it. You're a kid. You need to get some of the, you know, you need to get some of your sillies out, you know, uh, better to do it with some extra time planning for it and and accomplish or fix the problem that way as opposed to just trying to fight it and fight it and fight it, right? What's the definition of, definition of insanity? We felt like we were just beating our heads against a wall. Like, what what do we do? And that was really the thing that kind of uh, fixed it for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hmm. Well, there there are some things that give me dad guilt, but um, but before I get into that, um, I just want to say that it's time. I've, I've gotten calls, I've gotten emails, I've gotten texts. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. They love it. They want more of it. 
It's cocktail o'clock. That's right. Okay. I do. I do want some more of it. I want whatever you're serving tonight. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. So so far, uh, I've done a whiskey drink. I've done a vodka drink. I've done a rum drink. This next drink is utilizing the liquor that I use, drink the least. Can you guess what it is? Which what's the liquor we're talking today? You drink the least. Yes, it's my least uh, popular. Least. Oh, what's popular in Wisconsin? What do, what do we drink? Um, uh, is it? You didn't do. You didn't say bourbon. I wasn't listening before. I did whiskey bourbon. Yeah. Oh yeah, whiskey bourbon. Take hmm. whiskey out. Take uh, rum out. And take vodka out. What's what's left? What's the, what's the other main one? Maybe there's two more. What am I thinking of? Uh, brandy? Is it a brandy drink? That's that's a good guess. No, it's it's lighter. It's more floral. I'm giving you clues. Oh yeah, you T- should just clear. Okay, you should you should just tell me because it's I'm it's gin. Drinking. It's we're oh. talking gin today. I like gin um, and all of its pine needly flavor. Yeah, so this is specifically a gin fizz cocktail. Uh, like the pencil eraser from two weeks ago, this is not a drink I would ever order or make myself. This is the first time I've ever made it. This is the first time I've ever drank it. So um, it's sweet. It's tangy. It's got a frothy egg white foam topping. So uh, you can see that. I'm going to show yeah. a picture on our Instagram. Your, um, your, your drink has head on it, and it's not a beer. It's true. It comes from two things. It comes from an egg white, like I said, and then it also comes from the fact that there's soda water in there. Um, so how it's made. Two ounces of gin. I, I use Bombay. I'm not a gin expert by any means. I think I have Bombay and Tangeray. I may have other ones. I had to look back at my bar to even remember. It's, this is probably the second time I've ever even opened this bottle in 10 years of having it. Good thing liquor doesn't go bad. Two ounces of gin. You put that in a shaker cup with, uh, what did I do? Uh, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. Half ounce simple syrup. They called for maple syrup, but I think when they said maple syrup, they mean like that pure maple syrup, which I don't have. I mean, I have yeah. the Aunt Jemima. Um, that would be... <laughs> Yeah, you should you should have used that in your drink. That would have no. been funny. I, so I didn't I didn't feel that was right. So I used simple syrup, which just they said was an acceptable substitute. So that um, oh, and then egg white. Um, you put that in a shaker cup and you do a dry shake. Seth, you probably don't know what a dry shake is. I'm going to tell you what it is. Um, you put that in a shaker cup with no ice, and what that does is when you shake it up in the shaker with. Uh, with no ice, it makes it even foamier. So that you can see the head on there, like you said. That comes from the dry shake. But you do, after you shake it up dry, then you throw some ice in there. You uh, cool it down, strain it into a glass. I just have a low-ball glass here. Um, and then you add soda water to, uh, to the top. Um, so how much would I have to pay you to see you just, like, down it? Um, I don't think you have enough money in your bank account, my friend. Cause you just tried it. How is it? It's. I mean, it's okay. I'm not a. I'm not a gin fan at all. Um, like you, you were saying, it's floral, pine needly. I'm getting pine needles. It smells like Christmas here. <laughs> gin. Uh, yeah, very kind of pine needles. Do you know what's really good? Um, 
for a gin drink is gin and tangerine soda. Hmm. It, okay. Like the citrus really cuts down on that, like those floral notes of gin. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say is that, like I said, this has um, uh, lemon juice in it. So it's, it does. I'm actually thankful for it. Typically I'm not a huge lemon person. I, I don't like sour stuff, although I love whiskey sour. So figure that out. But, um, it's good. It's it's actually not that bad. It's refreshing. It's um, not real heavy. Uh, this isn't bad. I, I may put this in the um, in the Rolodex, but it's going to be at the back. You know what? I think we need to have a scale for these drinks. Uh, Jason's cocktail o'clock rating on a uh, on a scale of one to five cocktails. Five being like premium cocktail would get again. How would you rate this? Let me take another sip. Mm-hmm. Half cocktail counts too. Like you can. Do yeah, I'm. I'm gonna... Okay, if half cocktail counts, two and a half. I'm putting it square in the middle. Okay. Only be... It's it, only because it's so different from the drinks I usually drink. It's it's nice to have like a change of pace drink. I mean, the pencil eraser was a change of pace, but it was a really shitty change of pace. This is not bad. I would put this, like I said, in my in my mix, um, just because to mix this stuff up. Because I typically do a lot of whiskey drinks, which are amazing, and I love them. And there will be some more whiskey drinks on Cocktail O'Clock. I've read your emails, I've read your tweets. Don't worry, I'm getting to them. But you know, I'm just trying new stuff here. So two and a half. Two and a half. All right. Now, since we just developed right now your rating system i would like you to quickly rate the previous two drinks that you've had pencil eraser negative four <laughs> no i mean it, it, a one to be honest I, I some people will love it if you love sweet drinks i was explaining this to my wife she said it sounded amazing i'll probably have to make her one at one point um but not for me uh one for that um oh dark and stormy was last week i give that uh i give that a solid four now three and a half, three and a half. But I, I mean, I can't make everything with whiskey in it, like way at the top. Three and a half for Dark and Stormy. Um, actually, that was a rum drink. I'm sorry, man. I'm failing. Okay, yep. Dark and Stormy, three and a half. The first one I made was the mint julep. Yep, that's a classic for me. Four and a half. It's it's four point seven five. Can I do point seven five? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll give you four point four point seven five. It's almost perfect. Yeah, you know, especially for the time of the year, but. After, you know, after Labor Day, you, you weren't allowed to drink it. I remembered. You are taking notes. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what do you got? Yeah, I have, I have something new. I came prepared this week. Um, I didn't have to rummage through the fridge. So this week I have a vanilla porter. Now this uh, sounds good. I think you would actually like this. Um, my wife really liked it. So I, I let her try it. So. She said it was good. I normally don't drink porters because uh, normally they're really malty. Like, that's what a porter is. It has lots of malt flavor in it. And a lot of porters that I've tried in the past are really dark. Um, They have dark flavors added into it, like chocolate or coffee or other garbage I don't want to drink. Now, is a porter like a stout? Are those different or are those similar? Uh, they're they're kind of they're kind of similar. Okay. Um. The, hold on. So obviously, I it has a vanilla flavor. Yes, it's a, a vanilla porter. Um. So like I said, uh, 
malty, but the vanilla thankfully cuts down on a lot of those almost like uh like burnt notes that a lot of porters have. So it's really good. It's something I just picked up today and I was like, you know, I'm going to expand my uh, I'm going to sp- expand my palate, expand my repertoire for the show just like you've been doing with your with your cocktails. I figured I'd do the same. Yeah, it's a vanilla porter by Blackenridge Brewery in Colorado. And it is quite delicious. 5.4% alcohol, so not too heavy, not too light. And I would definitely buy this again. I think I would rate this uh I would rate this a four on the, the brewery scale. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. I'll hold it up there for you. Yeah. It's for the it's for the gram. Okay. All right, four. Good. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. Uh, if anybody was curious, if they didn't get this in the last episode, I would rate the hard seltzer I drank, which was a Bud Light seltzer strawberry. strawberry. Absolutely terrible. Uh, I would rate it a one star, just like you would rate the the pencil eraser. Um, very bad. Would not recommend. So we don't like strawberry drinks is, is what I'm getting here. I like strawberries. I like strawberry drinks. I just don't like strawberry hard seltzer. It was trash. Yeah. Now that we filled ourselves up on booze, let's talk about and let's continue talking about the emotional topic tonight of dad guilt. Now, you said that you do have things you feel dad guilt about. Yeah, I think when I think about dad guilt and, and when I get it the most... I think it's when I do things that don't involve my kids. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, for, for many years, I always, once, a couple times a month, we would go and have poker night with my buddies. And usually that meant a time of, start time of like 7 o'clock, which meant I would not be available to put my kids to bed. Again, we only had one kid. It wasn't that big of a deal. But then when we got two, then I was putting that onus on my wife to put both kids to bed. Which, Seth, you know, um, you're kind of letting your wife do that right now. Putting two kids to bed, um, that's, that's not the greatest. It's not fun. Um, so I, I always felt a lot of guilt about doing that. Um, now, you know, quick, quick question. Do you kids share a bedtime? They do, yeah. So they're... They're two years apart, um, but we, you know, on a normal night, we alternate. So I'll go with one kid, my my wife will go with the other kid, and then next night we'll switch kids. But yes, they 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 both go and brush their teeth, brush their hair at the same time, and then they 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 give hugs, and then we go to the separate bedrooms to do bedtime. Now, have they always shared a bedtime? As far as I can remember, I mean, I guess when you know when my youngest was like a baby, no, but. I mean, to the point where, like, they were in a big girl bed. Yes, I would say for sure they shared a bedtime. Okay, I'm just so, curious. Just getting the story, whole story. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I would say that guilt. Um, when I'm off doing stuff with my buddies, or like on the rare occasion, I guess there's only been a few where like I've been gone for an entire weekend, just doing guy stuff. That doesn't happen very often. I I used to go up north. Um, to, to my dad's cottage and him and a couple of my buddies and a couple of his buddies um, once a year would, would go and play poker for the weekend up there. And uh, so that was like usually two nights, maybe three nights 
well, three days where my wife would basically be, it'd be all on her. Um, so I, I always felt guilt doing that. Um, she's not the type of person that um, goes out with her friends a ton. She does have girls nights here and there, obviously before all this COVID stuff she did. <clears throat> but like, part of me is, feels like it should be even. And maybe that's the engineer in me wanting everything to be straight and narrow and, and equal. But like, I felt like if I was doing too many guys things and she wasn't doing enough girls things, that's not fair. And vice versa. If she was like going off on doing all these girls trips or girls nights, I, I'd feel like that's pretty shitty. I just think it should be equal. So rightly or wrongly. Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, fortunately or unfortunately for my wife, I have many, 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 many more hobbies um, than she does, and some of which involve me leaving uh, the house. So I definitely agree with you that there are times when... Uh, it, it's ha it happened more when we just had the one kid, just because I felt so bad or I feel so bad leaving her, you know, with both kids at night. So I just don't do it frequently, especially now, obviously. But even before, you know, Corona hit, I, I felt bad leaving her with, you know, both. It's stressful, you know, a, you know, baby and, you know, a three slash four year old at the time, just difficult stuff. But the other thing is I every year I would go on a trip uh, with guys. I would do a um I would go to a, a con. I, uh, I've been to BlizzCon, which is a video game thing where I go, where I went out to California. That was a lot of fun. And then I've also done Gen Con, which is like a board game D&D &D thing. And, you know, I'd go with the guys or whatever, spend weekend plus, you know, going out there and enjoying super nerdy things. Um, and the first time... I remember this so clearly the first time I had ever really spent more than a, like a night away from my son was when I went to BlizzCon. My kid was goodness that he would have been a year and a half ish. So at about a, at about a year and a half, I went to BlizzCon for the first time and I cried my eyes out when i left i just i remember him looking up at me and he's like daddy are you gonna be home and you know like daddy home and i said nobody i'm gonna be gone for a while and that was just one of the hardest things that i could remember doing i still feel guilty about you know leaving leaving my wife with the kid especially because not long before that my wife had gone on a trip a work trip so she had left the kid in my care a few times at that point but she had gone on a work trip she was in she was in texas and he got sick he used to get sick constantly he used to have fevers super high so on and so forth and he had a febrile seizure while she was gone and i had to call the ambulance and we went you know to the hospital and stuff and i if there's anything that made her feel mom guilt or just guilt to the extreme was when she was in Texas and her baby had a, had a seizure and like, she couldn't be there at all. Um, I couldn't, I was almost glad that it was just me. Like <laughs> I'm glad how, that. Yeah. I was gonna say how she would have, uh, yeah, you said mom guilt, but how she would have reacted and just 
it almost takes a little bit of stress off her that she's not there because it's like I can't do anything. I'm here. So yep. yeah, it sucks. I'm I'm sad, but mm-hmm. it's up to Seth, right? Yeah. And thankfully she, you know, trusts my judgment and um I uh you know I, I love her to death, but I definitely keep calm in those situ those types of situations much better than she does. Again, I don't know if it's just a dad thing or whatever it is, but I definitely in those, like somebody is seriously injured or, Oh my goodness, something is something bad is happening. Um, it, I definitely keep my calm much better than, than she does. Um, but I could, I couldn't even imagine the type of guilt she felt when it was going on though. Yeah, no, I couldn't either. Um, I I think, uh, building upon what I said previously, I also feel guilt about, I guess, less so right now during Corona, but like being at work. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, me going to work and going to the office five days a week when my wife has been home with the kids 24 seven, um, basically doing everything uh, with the kids um, is that I miss out on a lot of stuff like um, revolving around school. So the last couple of years, you know, my kids were going through preschool and nursery school and their teacher was really cool about like, parents come at the last 15 minutes because we're going to do a little mini concert or we're going to have this like little snack time with you. It's like a, and there was a daddy one, like donuts with daddy, but I couldn't do that because I was at work. Felt like, felt like crap. And to the point where like, so last year my oldest was at, um, in kindergarten and they had a field trip like early on in the year, obviously before all this Corona stuff, um, it was uh, apple orchard. So you go, um, and you, they were looking for chaperones. So I raised my hand immediately. I'm like, I want to do this. I've missed, in my opinion, too many things. I want to do it. I'm excited to do it. So um, I took the day off work. I went. So I got there, and the parents drove separately from the kids. The kids took a school bus. So I got there, and I, I walk it out to the apple orchard, and I'm walking, and I see all the other chaperones, and I'm looking around. I'm like, female, mom, 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 and me. <laughs> I'm the only dad there. But I didn't care. I mean, I, I almost kind of expected it to be only moms, but um, I was just happy to be there, and I felt a little less guilty that day. Yeah, that's that's nice. Now, for me specifically, recently, now the the biggest thing I feel guilt with is I recently had hip surgery. Um, now I will. I didn't have like like I couldn't do everything before my hip surgery. Like I, it was really hard for me to play on the ground with the kids. And, you know, it was really hard for me to lay on the soft bed. My kids got a softer bed. It's hard for me to lay down on there without my back and my hip, just completely overreacting and it'd be almost impossible for me to move. Um, it's just really hard for me to do certain things. So for the longest time, it's been my wife doing a lot of those things. And, I was able to at least help in, you know, better. And then I had hip surgery and, you know, for two months, two plus months, I literally was sitting on the couch watching my wife not only take care of me, but take care of the kids. Like the only thing that I could do was sit on the couch, you know, and I could go over, I could read them books or I could talk to them or I could play with them, but I couldn't be down on the floor playing with them because it was impossible for me to stand up. I couldn't go for walks with them because, you know, I was on crutches and I had a, a limitation of 100 feet that I could walk. Um, 
I couldn't help put them to bed because I couldn't, you know, <laughs> I just, I couldn't do the things that needed to be done to, to help. And that was, that's probably the thing that's been hardest for me is where I do have these physical limitations. That's, if there's anything I feel guilty about is watching my wife go through kind of like the added stress of, of taking care of all of us at the same time and pretty much nothing I can do about it. And sometimes to the detriment of, you know, her and I, where she knows I'll want something. I won't say anything because she's already doing so much, you know, like I don't, I'm like, I don't want to add more things to the burden. You don't have to go get me ice right now. You can do it later. But yeah, that's something I've really struggled with the last few months. Now, by you getting this surgery, is it going to help you to do things like lay on the ground with your kids and help out? And Okay. You're not yeah, mad. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's what she says. You know, it's it's only temporary. You know, it's better in the long run that you're getting this done. Um, it just sucks because I've already had hip surgery on the same hip once before. And I've had shoulder surgery, you know, and each time I do it, I do it with, you know, the right intentions. I do it because I do want to spend more of that quality time with the kids. But it's still, while it's going on, just, there's nothing that in this world that's going to make me feel be- make me feel better about the time that I've missed, you know, playing and spending time with the kids. So do you expect when you do get mobile again and you're able to do stuff, is it going to be the Seth show? And are you... Are you planning on going like above and beyond and being like, wife, uh, you it's been you for a while. Like, why don't you sit down? Let me let me take take some stuff for a while. Yeah, I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, You don't want to um, go too fast, too quick. Yeah. Again, it, it's tough for me because um, so I've had two surgeries on my left hip. My right hip's not doing great, uh, you know, and I have a bad back. But abs- to the best of my dadding and husbanding abilities. That will, uh, those are my intentions. Um, I just know that it won't be that way probably for quite some time yet. I, I probably won't be fully recovered from my hip surgery for another three and a half months or so. Well, you'll get there. I think um, the, the other thing I wanted, the last thing I wanted to think uh, talk about was on the topic of dad guilt. And we, we kind of touched on it uh, two episodes ago, but as we talk now, um, my youngest has gone to in-person preschool once so far. So her second day is actually tomorrow. Um, you know, my wife and I wrestled with this idea. Like I said, I think I've, I've talked about this a little bit, but we wrestled with the idea of should we or should we not um, send her to in-person school? Now, they do wear masks. Um, and from what the teachers told us on Monday, um, they basically wore their masks for the entire um, uh, the the entire day, which is a three hour day. So that's cool. They were able to keep the masks on, and it wasn't a big deal. They didn't even they weren't even bothered by it. So that's cool. Um, but you know, talking with some of our friends, they've pulled their kids out of the preschool. They didn't feel comfortable. So my wife and I were like, well, man, are we doing something bad here? Should we feel guilty about sending our kid when other parents are like, no, this is way too dangerous for us. So that's like going to be something that is probably going to stick with us for a while. Um, 
you know, thankfully the kids did go to a five day summer camp with the same teacher over the summer. And it was the same thing. They wore masks the entire time. They were there for about three hours a day for, I said five days. It was four day, it was a four day camp. Nobody got sick. Um, nobody got coronavirus. All the kids were fine. And this, this teacher that they have is so good. And the part of the reason why we agreed to send her is because she's so good. She's so thorough. Um, we pick her up a little bit early because they have to basically disinfect the entire classroom. You think about like toys and possibly four-year-olds putting things in their mouths. Um, they're going to have to clean everything before the second class comes in in the afternoon. So we know that she's got her stuff together. So we feel better in that way about sending her versus just some random teacher we didn't know. This is the same teacher that my oldest had for two years. So this is actually our fourth year with this teacher. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, she teaches uh, three-year-olds and four-year-olds, so the nursery and preschool. So. Oh, yeah. So I th- we feel good about it. Um, I, we're staying positive, crossing our fingers, everything's going to be fine. But in the back of our head, there's that mom guilt and dad guilt about, well, I don't know, should we have sent him? Because, you know, obviously, if we're going to play Monday morning quarterback at the end of the school year, if something does happen, then we're going to be like, oh, made the wrong choice, so. Yeah, I mean, and that's being a parent, though, right? Just never, sometimes you're just not sure you're making the right choice. Um, you know, doing, but doing your best to uh, to limit the negative consequences, I guess, at the same time. So it sounds like you're doing that. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't feel too guilty, but like I said, our kids are in, have been in daycare the, this whole time. Um, it's a hard decision, but with my wife working and me being out of commission, I, there's no, there was no possible way that I could care for my kids, um, in any meaningful way. Well, <laughs> you know, while I've been out of commission, so you can't just like throw some chairs on the floor and say, here, here's breakfast, here's lunch. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother uh, me. Yeah. I, <laughs> don't bother me. I would never say that. Um, Oh, is that wrong? <laughs> Oops. I'm not that I'm not that I'm critiquing your dad method, but you might want to run that by your wife. Sounds like you are. Again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, I think that's pretty much it. You know, just well, we do we do the best our, we do the best we can with what we've got. I think we answered the question of our wives of do we get dad guilt? I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would like to hear from our other dad listeners. I, I would be curious to know if they have dad guilt and what their dad guilt is. If, do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Do you have other um, instances? Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know what uh, what's bothering you. And um, maybe it's something we can you, we can bring up on another episode. Um, and we'll definitely reach back out to you and give, a, give our opinions on it. But other than that, Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. And uh, if you're listening to this and you're dad, stay off duty.